Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of eye anatomy found under the ophthalmology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with an introduction to eye anatomy. As a reminder, the structures of the eye include the cornea, which is a transparent structure that allows light to enter the eye. It also includes the pupil, the iris, which is covered by the conjunctiva, which is a transparent mucous membrane. Remember that the conjunctiva lines the inside of the eyelids as well, up to the limbus. And as a clinical correlate, remember that conjunctivitis describes inflammation of the conjunctiva. Other structures of the eye include the sclera, the limbus, which is the border of the cornea and the sclera, and the medial and lateral canthus. Remember that light enters the eye through the cornea and the lens, which results in an image that is inverted and reversed being formed in the retina. The area on the retina with the highest visual acuity is the fovea, which is surrounded by the macula. Medial, or nasal to the fovea, is the optic disc, which is where axons exit forming the optic nerve, also known as cranial nerve 2. Remember that the optic nerve does not have photoreceptors over it, so this results in a small blind spot. Photoreceptors are subdivided into two classes. There are rods, which provide vision in a low-level light environment and do not detect color, and then there are cones, which are highly represented in the fovea and do detect color. The eye also contains the choroid, which is a vascular layer of the eye. And then there's the ciliary body, which is found between the choroid and the iris and is composed of the ciliary muscle, which is controlled by the parasympathetic fibers in the oculomotor nerve in order to help contract, which ultimately results in meiosis. And there's also the ciliary processes, which have zonular fibers extending from this structure to the lens, forming the suspensory ligament. The eye is subdivided into the anterior chamber, which describes the area behind or posterior to the cornea and in front or anterior to the iris, and the posterior chamber, which describes the area posterior to the iris and anterior chamber. Now let's discuss the aqueous humor pathway. Remember that the ciliary body produces aqueous humor into the posterior chamber, which flows through the space between the lens and the iris into the anterior chamber and finally drains into the trabecular meshwork in the canal of Schlem, and it may also drain out of an unconventional pathway referred to as the uveoscleral pathway. Now let's discuss the blood supply to the eye. Remember that there is an arterial source which is from the short posterior, long posterior, and anterior ciliary arteries, and the central retinal artery supplies the optic nerve. And finally, there is venous drainage from the vorticose veins and the central retinal veins. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to eye anatomy, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 32-year-old construction worker presents to the emergency room with severe right eye pain. He states that the pain started two days ago while he was drilling. He has been experiencing severe pain, redness, and watering of the right eye since then. Physical exam demonstrates an iron fragment lodged in the cornea. Bacterial culture will most likely reveal which organism, and the answer choices are Choice 1. Streptococcus viridans Choice 2. Coagulase negative staphylococcus Choice 3. Neisseria gonorrhea Choice 4. Staphylococcus aureus or Choice 5. Streptococcus epidermidis The best answer to this question is Choice 2. Coagulase negative staphylococcus this patient presents with a corneal foreign body. The most common organism cultured from corneal foreign bodies is coagulase-negative staphylococcus. 
A corneal foreign body is an eye trauma due to the introduction of a particle into the corneal epithelium or stroma. Intraocular foreign bodies are common and often caused by the operation of drills, hammers, or other tools. The presence of a foreign body may lead to an inflammatory response, causing vasodilation and swelling of the surrounding lid and conjunctiva. Intraocular foreign bodies should be removed surgically by an ophthalmologist. Systemic and topical antibiotic treatment is recommended. The publication by Pete reviews work-related ocular injuries. Common work-related eye illnesses and injuries include blunt trauma, conjunctivitis, corneal abrasions, foreign bodies, and chemical burns. Ocular foreign bodies often co-occur with corneal abrasions. While superficial foreign bodies may be removed with a wet cotton swab, deeper foreign bodies require removal under a slit lamp or by an ophthalmologist. Rust rings are due to rust residue from the oxidation of a ferrous foreign body. The publication by Whipperman and Dorsch describes the diagnosis and treatment of corneal abrasions. Corneal abrasions are due to damage of the cornea and can present with pain, tearing, photosensitivity, and a foreign body sensation. Diagnosis can be confirmed by fluorescein staining of the cornea, which will show the abrasion as green under the cobalt blue light. Treatment includes pain control with topical NSAIDs or oral analgesics and topical antibiotics. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choices 1, 3, 4, and 5. The most common organisms cultured from corneal foreign bodies are coagulase negative staphylococcus. That's all for this review about eye anatomy. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.